Our bodies are naturally designed to handle stress, detoxify chemicals, and preserve cell function, but when the burden increases, those naturally built-in systems can't keep up with demand and we start to experience physiological changes in our bodies. What causes that burden to increase? Unfortunately, a whole list of things, including common modern lifestyle habits like poor dietary choices, lack of sleep, abundance of stress, exposure to chemicals, and exercise extremes, just to name a few. To protect ourselves from this oxidative stress, our bodies are forced to use up stores of the master antioxidant glutathione. And this works, for a while. But when those stores become used up, however, our body doesn't have enough antioxidant capacity to protect itself, allowing the stress to our body's systems to cause lasting damage. That's why I recommend many of my patients take glutathione daily to help protect their natural reserves, support full detoxification capacity, and help keep their immune systems functioning at full strength. Use code glutathione for 10% off at yourlongevityblueprint.com. Now, back to the show. The standard American diet literally quadruples the cancer rate. That is a PubMed, obesity, you name it. The standard American diet is not your friend. Welcome to the Your Longevity Blueprint Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Stephanie Gray. My number one goal with the show is to help you discover your personalized plan to build your dream health and live a longer, happier, truly healthier life. Today you get to hear from Carol Laurie. Our topics today are what is estrogen dominance and what can you do about it? What you need to know and do if breast cancer runs in your family and what is the first step you need to take when diagnosed? This is part one of a two-part series. Let's get started. Welcome to another episode of the Your Longevity Blueprint Podcast. Today my guest is Carol Laurie. There are many ways to look at breast cancer. The metabolic taking into consideration the pathways that promote cancer, the environmental, how increased exposure to toxins is becoming a greater influence, the emotional, how trauma, either recent or many years prior, contributes. But simply put, a cancer diagnosis is a very loud message that there is a loss of harmony, usually in more than one area of a woman's life. So the task at hand becomes how to restore the harmony, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Carol Laurie is a naturopath, acupuncturist, homeopath, and holistic breast health expert with more than 35 years experience understanding complex chronic disease. She believes healing is always possible and her mission is to empower women with the tools needed to deeply recover their health and restore their life. Welcome to the show again, Carol. Thank I you sh- so I much. I call you Dr. Laurie. <laughs> now you can call me Carol. It's fine. Everybody has enough doctors in their life, so I'm happy to be just Carol. <laughs> For those of you who recognize her name, I first had her on the show for season one, episode 29, where we talked about healthy holiday baking. So she's actually a former pastry chef, as she reminded me before we started recording today. And I encourage you all to check out that episode. But I want to bring that up because I want you to share your story, right? How did you go from pastry chef to breast health expert? What has your journey been like? Well, thank you for having me again. I'm excited and honored to be here. I was always interested in being a doctor. But it took me a while to get there. And before that, I used to cook. So I ended up working in restaurants, working my way through undergraduate school in Philadelphia. And then I had my own catering business. You know, my grandmother baked. So I used to bake with my mom and my grandmother. And I really began to develop recipes. And Julia Child, I started experimenting with her. And then I just became a pastry chef for a restaurant with regular pastry baking, which is not what I do now. 
And then I ended up living in New York in a spiritual community and working for this doctor who did detoxifying diets. And and this was in the 70s before the word detox was part of our everyday language. And he had people coming into him who had either been harmed by the medical profession, not helped, or just didn't know what to do. For example, I remember this one young girl came in with very bad skin. And I had just started working in his office and I'm thinking in my brain, why is she here? You take antibiotics, you have bad skin, you take antibiotics. (laughs) Why do you have to do detoxifying and blended salads and all this? And then just in a month, I mean, he must have seen, I don't know, 50 people. Everybody was coming in and everybody was getting better. Then she came in after her return visit uh, six weeks later and she was like this different person. And I began to think, okay, what is going on here? One day I was cleaning up this huge pile of papers on a desk and there was this catalog to the National College of Naturopathic Medicine. And I had always intended to apply to regular medical school, but I saw that and there I was in this environment and I decided, hmm, maybe I should go here. So it was this series of, when you look back in your life, that was many years ago already, this led to this, led to that. And it was meant to be that I attended the National College of Naturopathic Medicine And then I moved to California and got my acupuncture license. I am very grateful to have this perspective on healing because it's all about root causes. And there's not one thing that creates any disease. And it's not about you have symptom A, you take drug B, although sometimes that is very necessary. I'm not an anti-drug person. I'm a be smart when you take drugs and always try natural first. So that's how I ended up becoming a regular naturopath. And then a dear friend of mine was diagnosed with breast cancer. And when she called me hysterically crying to tell me they had Mm -hmm. had found a lump, women with breast cancer know those words. I said to her, don't worry, you're not going to be alone. And every single treatment and appointment for 18 months, I went with her to UCSF and I took care of her afterwards. And it was a rude awakening because there is this thing called the Warburg effect, which is a well-known scientific fact that doctor won a Nobel Prize, Peace Prize for it. Cancer, given a choice between sugar and oxygen for the cancer gas tank, always chooses sugar, even though it gets much less ATP or energy, and it has to work twice as hard to get it. So we go into UCSF for her infusion, and they say to her, well, you look a little thin. Would you like something sure? which number one ingredient is glucose. Then they offered her a cupcake, a hard candy, a popsicle, uh, and a cookie um, five times. Yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh. So here we are getting an infusion to supposedly kill cancer and they're offering her sugar. sugar. Yeah. There's a very big disconnect in the medical oncology world between the concept that cancer is a metabolic disease, which provides women or anyone who has any type of cancer with a lot of empowerment and options over, are you going to feed the cancer gas tank or are you going to keep it as empty as possible? And I think that's a wonderful perspective. Yes. Keep it empty. Yes. That's great. Okay. Good story. So let's just dive right in to how does hormone health contribute to reducing risk of breast cancer? Well, let's just start with this example. When you walk down the grocery aisle in a normal grocery store, and you're going to buy laundry detergent or cleaning supplies, and you're assaulted with that smell. We have been raised that that mm. smell is healthy. And that clean. Smell, yes, and clean. Every single thing in that aisle is filled with estrogen disruptors. Every single item. 
And that is the beginning. And then there's the body wash and the hair stuff and the creams and the soap, every single thing that Americans use for personal care and in their home that Glaive and the Febreze and the plugins and all of that. So what is an estrogen disruptor? Estrogen metabolism, which is a healthy version of who we are normally, has to be broken down into so it can be eliminated safely and easily from your liver mm-hmm. into your intestines and your urine. So, but what happens? You take these chemicals and they get into the parking spot, so to speak, where estrogen normally would go to yeah. bind to be eliminated. And so the healthy estrogen goes to park the car to get out of the parking garage. And it goes, what the heck? There's no place for me to be. And then it turns into an unhealthy version of itself. And that leads to estrogen dominance. That is a very simple explanation of what happens with estrogen metabolism. Now, then we have environmental issues, which also go through the same thing. They need to be toxified by the, detoxified by the mm-hmm. liver, phase one and phase two, eliminated through your stool. They can't get out either. So there's this big backlog in your body of toxins that aren't able to be properly and safely eliminated. Your body tries to keep up. It develops endometriosis, polycystic ovarian syndrome, painful periods, acne, infertility. Eventually, it goes, I can't hold back the dam anymore. And you end up with some form of cancer. So well said. Thank you for because this podcast is not really just about breast cancer. I mean, this is really about proper estrogen metabolism and reducing mm-hmm. our risks of all of those things you mentioned, even endometriosis, which I've struggled yes. with. So thank you for bringing all those up. Those- thank you. I'm glad that makes sense. <laughs> I try to take complicated science and make it so that women have images so they can think about, well, am I going to buy this unhealthy laundry detergent? And let me give an example of a story, which is a true story. I had this beautiful 35-year-old woman come into my practice and she had on enough perfume that it was like the ground floor of Macy's, if anybody has been to a Macy's department store. And I had a scent-free office, so I almost had to send her home and tell her to come back. But Mm -hmm. I opened up the door. She came in through the side, and I said, so tell me about scent. She said, oh, I love scents. I said, well, what what is it? She said, well, first of all, I have the plug-ins. I have the sticks in the oil, and I spray my sofa with that thing, which is very Febreze or whatever. Febreze. And then she has a dog and the dog jumps up on the sofa and she pets the dog and the dog sleeps with her. She used normal laundry detergent and dryer sheets. So you take a shower, you bing, get bing, out bing, of bing, the bing, shower. Bing, 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 yeah, bing. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you get out of the shower, you wrap your body in a towel and your pores are open and the dryer sheets, which are AKA estrogen disrupting chemicals, everyone get sucked into your body. And then you wonder why you can't get pregnant or end up with some endometriosis mm-hmm. or yeah. breast cancer. And you sleep and the same thing happens. So I said to her, do me a favor, go home and put every single thing on the counter and take a photo. 29 items, thousands of dollars. And she came in with a diagnosis of unexplained infertility. I said, you don't have unexplained infertility. It's very easy. She was looking at $45,000 of IVS, Mm -hmm. IVF at 35. I said, let's throw everything out. She had to throw out her sofa because we couldn't detoxify it. She took a week off from work cleaned everything with eco laundry detergent, got rid of all the plugins and everything. And yeah. three months later, she was pregnant. And she wow. did trouble getting pregnant once we got rid of those estrogen parking spot taker uppers. What and else did you do with out- well, Did you yeah, what detox else? her? Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> she got on, you know, very first of all, we cleaned up her diet. 
She was eating the standard American diet. The standard American diet literally quadruples the cancer rate. That is a PubMed comment. Yeah. Quadruples everyone, not to mention autoimmune disease, cardiovascular, obesity, you name it. The standard American diet is not your friend. So we changed her diet, modified Mediterranean, lots of organic vegetables, little bit of protein. She started, you know, power walking and working out with her husband. She dragged him around. They both lost a lot of weight. I gave her very specific permeability factors, gave her the healing smoothie recipe, which your audience is going to get. I did acupuncture on her, lots of antioxidants, charcoal, detox, the whole thing. Three months later, saved her $45,000. Wow. So, Did she have estrogen dominance like based oh, on hormone 100%. labs? Oh, 100%. Yes. That was I did. Yes. Just to clarify. I did, yeah. Yes. I did the Dutch hormonal panel on her, which you and I had just spoken about. Yeah, the Dutch yeah. hormonal panel is a urine and saliva test. It's a very easy collection. And what it does is it says, is your estrogen being detoxed properly or do you have too much going in the unhealthy red pathway? It shows it very clearly right. on the um, report. And so we did one at the beginning and then we did one three months later and it was night and day. So that's the beauty of functional medicine. If you know what test to do, and you do a baseline test and you go, uh-oh, this is where the problems are. And then you put people on a protocol and then you retest and you go, oh, here we are. Everything's cleared out. No more backed up dam of estrogen dominance for her. And her husband was taking supplements and they- He was probably estrogen got, dominant too. Exactly. Oh, how could he not be? <laughs> Men can be estrogen dominant and then also get breast cancer, which as an integrative practitioner, it's not hard to treat men who have had breast cancer because they have horrible estrogen dominance, right? And they're, they're toxing their life. So if, but they're not educated when they go through medical oncology. So then they do that and they come see me because if you don't do that, then it's going to come back. If you don't change your life. Prostate cancer or colon cancer or something else. Yeah. Yeah. If you have a diagnosis of breast or any type of cancer, or if you have cancer in your family, you need to realize that there isn't just one thing that creates cancer. It's just a message from your body. Hi, I'm unhealthy and I have these unhealthy pathways. My cells are out of control. It's not that hard to make the changes that are necessary to get your cells to understand that you are the boss and not them. Because very simple, cancer is disease where the cells have decided to stop paying attention to the rules of stop and go. They just keep going. Then they think they can call over to the neighbors and the town over, and that's called cell signaling, and get everybody to join to make a tumor. You want to interrupt those cell signaling. You want to, you know, it's not that hard, but you need to work with somebody. You don't want to go out and spend thousands of dollars on supplements. You don't know if you need them. Totally agreed. um, Yeah. Yeah. And you do that same thing in your practice. You have the same perspective. You may have heard me mention the nutrient DIM on several episodes, and I want to take a moment to describe exactly what that is. When I was in graduate school, my doctorate focused on estrogen metabolism. Now, you're probably wondering what that even means and why it matters to your health. Well, research has shown that our risks for fibroids, cysts, and breast, ovarian, uterine, prostate, and colon cancer can all be linked back to estrogen, but it's not the levels of estrogens that can increase our risk. Instead, it's the way our bodies handle that estrogen that matters. We can run individual lab tests for this, which I often recommend to my patients. That's called estrogen metabolism testing, which has to be done in the urine. 
Even without the test, however, it is safe to take a supplement and extract of cruciferous vegetables to improve your estrogen metabolism. That's basically like taking in six pounds of those veggies per day in a capsule form without the gas. That supplement is called DIM, D-I-M. You can also use methylated B vitamins as well as specific targeted antioxidants like resveratrol to help improve your estrogen metabolism and help protect you from that cancer risk. Of course, also make sure you have your practitioner run a comprehensive genetic analysis to see from another perspective if you are at increased risk and help you learn what you can do to lower that. If you're interested in learning more about DIM, read chapter six of my book, Your Longevity Blueprint, and check out our product info sheet at yourlongevityblueprint.com forward slash product forward slash DIM. To get 10% off DIM alone, use code DIM, or to get 15% off our estrogen detox bundle with DIM, methylated bees, and antioxidant support, just use the code estrogen detox when checking out at yourlongevityblueprint.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Let's go back to estrogen dominance. So what's the most important thing to do for your health if you think you have estrogen dominance? And maybe define that for the audience too. Estrogen dominance is when you you have a backup in your internal body of being able to break down estrogen in a healthy way. And there are signs in your body and very clear signs in lab work that you have estrogen dominance in your body. You can have acne. You can have very painful periods. Mm -hmm. You can have like overweight, but it shows up around your middle line and you can have difficulty losing weight. You could be thin everywhere else, but you have this middle. You can grab onto abdominal fat. You can starve yourself and still not lose weight. I would add heavy bleeding to that. Yeah. Painful periods, very heavy bleeding, irregular periods, endometriosis. Horrible PMS, polycystic ovarian syndrome. It can run in your family. You can have excess hair on your body, in your face, in your breasts, on your abdomen. That's estrogen dominance. So it shows up. Yes. Right. And then what's the most important thing to do if you have that? I think to get the Dutch hormonal panel is great. That's the baseline. And then from an integrative standpoint, I think there's three things. I sorry, <laughs> I can't do it. One, one is to find. Lay it one all on us. Find, That's fine. Yeah. One is to find an integrative practitioner who knows what they're doing and can do this in their sleep, and it's not hard for them yeah. to say, "Okay, here's what we have to do." After you do that first test, the Dutch hormonal panel, you need to do it like what this woman did: get everything that you're using on your body in your house with cleaning products and put everything on the counter. And start reading the labels. And if there's a warning sign on them, or if they're made with fragrances out in the trash can, mm-hmm. that's number one, I think. That's because you can't get better if you continue to assault your body with these toxins and chemicals. That's yeah. number one. The same thing with like treating a patient for mold. We always say the first step is removing them from the source of exposure. Mm-hmm. So if you're estrogen dominant, you can't just continue to expose yourself to estrogen, you know, endocrine disrupting chemicals with estrogen right. properties. Totally agree. Right. And what's the third thing? Clean up your diet. The first thing was the practitioner. The second thing is removal. The third thing is what you eat. You cannot continue to eat the standard American diet and think you will ever be healthy again. You preach. (laughs) Standard American diet is the slippery slope to ending up with some type of disease as you get older. I mean, it's one and one equals two. Yep. Yep. It's not our pleasant. It's not our, it's not pleasant and it's not our friend. And changing your diet and removing the chemicals, as you mentioned with this example of your patient, right? It sounds like in a very short period of time for this individual, you can reverse the estrogen dominance and it better influence your estrogen metabolism pathways for the better. 
And many times I'm recommending supplements like DIM and B vitamins and antioxidants and sometimes calcium diglucrate, those sort of things to further help. But like you alluded to earlier, you don't want to just go taking supplements if you don't know you need them. So getting the test will help your provider determine what you do need. Right. Testing in the long run saves money because you're able to target the supplements better. And sometimes people say, I don't want to do that, in which I'm saying very clearly, okay, I'm going to throw the kitchen sink at you, but you know that's going to be almost as expensive as taking the test. We're raised in America that if it's not going to be covered by insurance, you know, that's out of the box, abnormal expense. And my attitude is, if nobody you pay now or you pay later, that's my attitude. (laughs) And also, you know, people don't have any problem spending $300 on an Apple watch, Mm -hmm. or a new phone or some clothing or whatever. It's like, if you don't have your health, it's like, it doesn't matter what is the basis of having energy for your day. Agreed. What do you need to know if you have breast or any other forms of cancer in your family? I feel like these answers could be the same. Could repeat what you just said. (laughs) Yeah, no problem. Well, first of all, if you have breast or ovarian cancer, or, you know, there is a relationship between pancreatic cancer and breast cancer. I didn't quite know that. Yes. The BRCA2 gene is also in the pancreatic cancer. Yeah. Yeah. I had a my dear friend that I've known since I was nine, her husband had pancreatic cancer. I said to her, make sure he gets that test. And they did. And they have two daughters and they then were tested for the BRCA1 and 2 gene and they were positive. So wow. that is empowerment. Yep. One of them had prophylactic mastectomy because there is an increased risk if your one relative has the BRCA1 and 2 gene of the first generation getting breast cancer. Knowledge is power, in my opinion. Yep. What do they need to know? What do you need to know? If you have a first line relative in your family, mother, maternal, aunt, first cousin, who's had breast cancer, you need to have a higher level of diagnostic workup with mammogram on ultrasound. And you need to go to a major teaching hospital and be monitored every six months with that, at least. But if we deep dive deeper inside to that, I would start working with someone like myself as my friend's two daughters to have there are prophylactic things that we can do to keep your estrogen pathways on the healthy side. And Mm -hmm. you're a young person, you're in your 30s or 40s, women are getting breast cancer at very earlier age. It's very alarming. 26, 32, that's young. That's a long time. That's alarmingly young. Um, So first of all, with any woman like that, there's the Dutch hormonal panel, which is the first thing that's done. Yep. And then divorcing the standard American diet, adopting a way of eating that is easy and healthy and manageable because you're a young person. I really feel like this way of eating, you can go to any restaurant outside of a pizza place you can or a hot dog stand, which nobody should be eating regular hot dogs. You can go anywhere. And get healthy food, protein, salad, vegetables. I mean, you don't need to feel deprived. Eat if in, in a nice Italian restaurant. You can get grilled fish with yummy tomato sauce all over it. I mean, you don't need, or you can ask them to bring your gluten-free pasta and get some, to, you know, um, it's a low-carb diet and it is gluten-free. You have to know that. But there's healthy fats. Fat, healthy fats are your friend. So I think the advanced testing, working with a genetic counselor at a major hospital is very beneficial. All of that will be covered by your insurance. And then really 
understanding how what you're eating and your lifestyle and what you have in your home as far as toxic cleaning products contribute to unhealthy pathways. Do I dare ask about thermography, what your thoughts yeah, are on that? I mean, there are various types of imaging, and I think they all right. have their strengths and their limitations. Yes. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on thermography, specifically okay. breast thermography? Yes, yeah. 100%. One, number one, you need to go to the same place every time. Number two, you need to ask to see when the machine was calibrated. Number three, you want to use the same machine. So if they're not calibrating their machine and they're not willing to show you their certificate, in my opinion, that place should not be in business. It's the same place with the same machine and it needs to have been calibrated because there's can be very, there's too many variations. And if you're using thermography for your only method, if I understand a lot of women don't want to get mammograms, but I've seen thermography miss breast cancer. You know, I I have seen it miss breast cancer. Now I've also seen it find abnormalities. I think there are strengths of thermography. And I understand women not wanting to get radiation every single year, every six months or whatnot. I understand that too. But that's why typically I'm recommending based, you have to decide this based on everyone's individual risk factors, but I'm Mm -hmm. typically recommending women rotate. And now they even have the fast MRI, right? There are just different types of imaging available. Yeah. Um, Especially if someone's lower risk, then I'm much more comfortable with breast thermography. But I do agree that at least at some point in a woman's life, she should have other additional imaging. 100%. I agree. And if she's higher risk, that conversation changes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ultrasound, MRI yeah. is very good because I talk to about 60 women a week and I'd say 80% of them. And I always ask, how is your breast cancer discovered? 80% yeah. routine mammogram, wow. 80% because I keep track. Yeah. That's an amazing statistic. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. A wide and complex variety of B vitamins are essential for the body to convert food into cellular energy. Unfortunately, we don't get as many as we need from our diets. Additionally, certain medications like metformin and birth control drugs can hinder our body's ability to get B vitamins from our diets. When this happens, we can become vitamin B deficient. This can be problematic as our bodies use these vitamins for a variety of biological processes. One of the key roles of B vitamins is to serve as prime cofactors for the Krebs cycle, the biochemical pathway responsible for maintaining energy production. When this suffers, we don't quite make the same energy we once had. Low B vitamins can lead to feelings of fatigue, weakness, low mood, headaches, and even PMS. Supplementing with B vitamins is a very easy way to introduce these essential vitamins back into our systems. But you want to avoid synthetic B vitamins like cyanocobalamin and folic acid that many bodies can't convert to the active forms and instead opt for methyl or hydroxylcobalamin options for B12 and methylfolate for B9. These are easier for your body to absorb and use, especially if you have MTHFR variants. We carry capsule and sublingual B vitamins named Methyl B Complex and Sublingual Methyl Bs on our website. Use code BVITAMINS for 10% off at yourlongevityblueprint.com. Okay, so what's the first thing to do if a listener has been diagnosed with breast or we could go any other form of cancer? But I know this conversation is heavily revolving around breast cancer. What's the first thing they should do? It's not a medical emergency. Rarely is it a medical emergency. I would make sure that you really understand what is going on because I've had women say, well, I had an abnormal MRI uh, mammogram and then they called me into the office and they wanted to schedule the biopsy that day. And I went, no, that's not how it works. You need to prepare emotionally for a biopsy. It is not that pleasant. And you want to ask if you can bring a friend with you. There's homeopathic remedies to take to help the healing. 
it's you need to get ready psychologically for this big thing. I mean, you're given anesthesia, but there's still pressure. It is a surgery and they tend to minimize it and it can be traumatic. So you need to gather your team and your friends. I had one yeah. woman, she was told it's not a big deal. She drove herself and had to drive herself home. And I said, that's what Uber is for. <laughs> so there is this thing about women with breast cancer. It's, there's as a homeopath, breast cancer and cancer in general is one of those diseases that has a certain energy to them. And that's called a miasm in homeopathic medicine. And the miasm of breast cancer is that women do too much for other people and take too little care of themselves. And they think they can do everything themselves. They don't like to ask for help because underneath it, they're a bit of a perfectionist and they think, oh, I'll do it better. So driving yourself to a biopsy. And first of all, it is the responsibility of the place to have told her this is a procedure. Don't drive yourself. Right. Is not a good idea, ladies. Always, if your spouse doesn't want to come with you, you get a friend. Agreed. Okay. So how does integrative care benefit women who are going through breast cancer treatment? You've already alluded to some of the things that you incorporate with your patients, but how important is integrative care for these patients? I think having integrative practitioner on your team from the very beginning is one of the smartest things you can do because medical oncology treats the tumor, but you are more than the tumor. And the Mm -hmm. side effects of allopathic medical oncology are intense. So what if you can go through it and have less side effects? And for example, if there are, and a lot of oncology doctors say, absolutely do not take any supplements during chemo. So I often have a Yeah, what are your thoughts on that? I hear that too. And I'm like, I don't agree with that, but. (laughs) Right. First of all, that's not based on medical science because there are are PubMed articles done on people showing that certain supplements and herbs benefit the person reducing, increasing the white cell count, you know, keeping them from having anemia, reducing inflammation. Yes. So my protocol for women in treatment, most women are on a three week cycle. I want to be respectful of chemotherapy, of course. So two or three days before the chemo, they stop certain supplements. The day of the chemo, they have their chemo, and then they don't restart for two or three days afterwards. So within three weeks, there's a period of maybe five days in which they are abstaining from certain supplements. And therefore, you're not going to interfere with the treatment, but you get the benefit. Now, what are the benefits? Reduced anemia. You don't need the prolia shot because your white and red count are, you know, pretty good. Mm-hmm. You have more energy. You have less hair loss. You're able to sleep better. There's less inflammation. Less I mean, nausea. Yeah. Less nausea. Your bowels are moving more regularly. And you feel in a situation in which there's so much out of control, you feel like, oh, I'm in control because I'm doing my healing smoothie. I'm taking my supplements. And it's taking the best of both worlds, medical oncology and science-based integrative practitioner protocols. So. Getting through treatment is not that difficult if you take the best of both worlds. You going for acupuncture. I often find somebody a local acupuncturist to see. A lot of the facilities have massages that they offer. I, you know, take advantage if your facility has massage and lymphatic drainage. That's a great go to physical therapy if they offer it. All of that should be covered by your insurance. Sure. 
She had quite a few good one-liners there. She mentioned that the standard American diet is a slippery slope to disease and quadruples your cancer risk. So start with changing your diet. Next, I encourage if you haven't already, work to clean up your personal care and home cleaning products. Get those endocrine-disrupting chemicals out of your life. And if you haven't had an estrogen metabolism test run, call the clinic and we can get you a Dutch test ordered. Especially if you think you're estrogen dominant or have estrogen-related cancers in your family, which include breast, ovarian, uterine, colon, and prostate cancer, this test is for you. If you have cancer, as Carol mentions, please consider an integrative approach. This should improve your quality of life and reduce side effects with conventional treatment. Be sure to join me next week in part two, where we'll talk about tamoxifen, aromatase inhibitors, and circulating tumor cell testing. And Carol actually has free webinars for her Empowered Against Recurrence program coming up on the 18th and 20th of this month. I'll post links to this in the show notes. And lastly, as this is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, I'd so appreciate it if you'd share these episodes with a friend in need. Be sure to check out my book, Your Longevity Blueprint. And if you aren't much of a reader, you're in luck. You can now take my course online where I walk you through each chapter in the book. Plus, for a limited time, the course is 50% off. Check this offer out at yourlongevityblueprint.com and click the course tab. One of the biggest things you can do to support the show and help us reach more listeners is to subscribe to the show. Leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. I do read all the reviews and would truly love to hear your suggestions for show topics, guests, and for how you're applying what you've learned on the show to create your own longevity blueprint. This podcast is produced by Teen Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, wellness is waiting. The information provided in this podcast is educational. No information provided should be considered to be or used as a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always consult with your personal medical authority.